does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That would be Lamar Jackson out of the gun. Three receivers go left. Now he's going to take off and run right side. Looking to pass. Now he's past the line of scrimmage. He's at the five. Sidesteps the player at the three. And then crosses the goal line for a touchdown. Benchu rolling to his right. Steps up. Slings it downfield. Walks it in. And it's a catch for a touchdown. Zach Moss on a fade. Made a over-the-shoulder basket catch for a touchdown from 17 yards out and the Colts are an extra point away from tying the game. In the pocket it's Lamar Jackson. It is hit and the Colts have it. Quiddy Pace got the football. A 54 yard field goal upcoming here. Out of the hold of Sanchez. There's the placement. The kick is on its way. It has the distance and it is good. Jackson on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10. He's at the 5 and he's in there for a touchdown. Alright so this is a 53 yard field goal attempt by Matt Gay. He knocked down from 54 earlier out of the hold of Sanchez. Ball between the hash marks. Here's the kick. The long field goal is up and it is good! Good once more! It's going to be a 53-yard field goal here from Matt Gay. He's already connected twice today over 50. From 53 and 54, 53 again. Snap! Ball's on its way, has the distance, and it is good! Shotgun snap for Minshew, RPO, backs the throw. Going to take a shot downfield for Michael Pittman Jr., and he's got, got the him. ball, and his helmet came out, and he makes it with his headgear off at the 45-yard line, and Pittman wanted it more. This again is a 53-yard field goal from Matt Gay. It's between the hash marks, waiting on the long snap. There it is, placement, kick is on its way, it has the distance, it's up, and it is good! Ball game, I-N-D-Y! I couldn't tell you what happened, like I don't remember the snap, the hold, I kind of just like, snap goes and I go and then I'm, I'm looking up and I see the ball, so for me that's, that's a good sign when I'm not thinking about anything, I'm just back there kicking. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? How about that for a Sunday? We wake up on this Monday morning. It is a reaction Monday on the wake-up call. He's Kevin Bowen. He's dressed up today. Apparently, he has no voice. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. I'm Andy Sweeney, and I didn't pick this one. I picked some games this weekend, but not this one, fellas, as the Colts walk into Baltimore and get the dub. They get the roadkill, and we are going to talk about it for the next three hours here on The Fan. Hanging out with you in the DriveHubler.com studios. KB, a good morning and a good win for the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Yeah, my voice was the 11th man for Notre Dame. On those final two plays. You don't sound as bad as I thought you were going to sound, but you don't sound good. Uh, I feel like Tom Allen on this Monday morning. How about that for Matt Gay? How about that for Matt Taylor? Unbelievable. Uh, It's the greatest, I think it's the greatest regular season game kicking performance. The length of the kicks 
Andy Sweeney the <laughs> the field. timeliness of oh, the kicks, the rain, the I mean, field, yeah, everything. I mean, all four of them in the second half for overtime. You know, one at the end of regulation, one in overtime, obviously for the game winner. And did any of them not go right down the middle? Like every single one right down the middle. Uh, to your point, elements. Justin Tucker's on the other sideline. I mean, all of yeah. it. Uh, the the Colts were attempting kicks last year or yesterday that they wouldn't have even thought about attempting last year. And it's a weapon. And when you have an offense that you know isn't very explosive, you got to have a guy like that on fourth down. And um, incredible, incredible individual performance. The rookie Juju Brent's going to join us coming up at nine thirty. He had a play that we should not forget about early on in that game that I thought kind of changed the early momentum, but... Um, well, that game might be going 14 nothing. He had a couple, he had a sure. pass breakup later on. He played, what, over two-thirds of the snaps? You yep. put that out on Twitter? Now, have you have you used honey or anything on the yeah, voice? So or I've what exactly this. do you have? What ointment is that? What is that? Okay, here? yeah. Go ahead okay. and flash that to the YouTubers okay, out there. Okay, this is the Entertainer's Secret. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. For dry throat and a hoarse voice. Boy, you, this is full. You went, on, you went out and bought this yesterday, didn't so you? <laughs> this off Amazon. This is like last year when I had a lost voice. So I'm going to spray it, okay? Okay. Okay. There you go. Oh, man. Five pumps for each field goal kick. What's the taste of that? By Matt Gay. It's a nice, cool breeze, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it made it worse. <laughs> Matt, Mark, I think it made it worse. But you know, what? It's, you know it's fancy because the bottle's got a tuxedo on it. I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> Not a tuxedo shirt. Now, is that from the Notre Dame loss, or that is that is, from a combination mm, of Colts, Notre Dame, and everything else happening over the weekend? All South Bend <laughs> on Saturday night. Well, that, I'm sorry about that, no, I guess. You ugly, know. ugly, ugly. But hey, we are talking about a 2 and one Colts team. and It's unbelievable. Andy, in this market, in the month of September... We don't talk about two and one Colts teams very often. It has not happened. Um, I think it's twice, maybe three times in the last dozen years that the Colts have been two and one. And we mentioned in May this schedule, and I felt like it wasn't very daunting. It was a big reason why I said, okay, I think this team can win seven games. Did you just beat the best quarterback on your schedule? Well, you have to, yeah. I mean, probably, right? That's quite a possibility. And Jacksonville looked like, Old Jacksonville yesterday. Jacksonville now, stinks. I've seen three games at Jacksonville to know that they're not very good, at least right now. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're just you've created this early season hope that the Pacers did last year. And um sure, there's big picture points you can take away. And obviously when Richardson's not not out there, I think there's a natural bummer. But whether it's Juju Brents, whether it was Matt Gay, whether it's that defensive front continued to do it, Gardner Minshew at least protected it. I mean, you didn't have any turnovers from your backup quarterback. Uh, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman Jr., some big-time individual moments as well. And uh, quite quite the effort to kind of just who would make the fewest mistakes. That, that was the feel for me as that game moved along and Colts made less than the Ravens. Uh, w- listen, as we go today, everyone knows we'll have a segment here. We'll get to the check down. And then coming up at about 7.30, we can start taking your calls. Uh, it's 317-239-1070 as we go today. Uh, just a wild week three, a couple games tonight in the NFL. Uh, but what the Colts are to me, and I know after the game, I know it's coach speak and I know it's things uh, the gas bags like us say, but uh, they were solid and they were gritty and that matters, right? Like That matters when you go on the road and Lamar Jackson has been great this season and yes, I'm sure injuries you could say caught up to the Ravens, uh, but they made Lamar for large stretches of that game, not completing a pass in the second quarter, KB. It's now three weeks in a row when you look for 
consistent things that the Colts are doing. You know, we talked about analyzing Anthony Richardson and how his scale of analyzation might be a little bit different than the offensive line, but that defense, uh, I mean, the front seven and that defense, keeping them in the game, how many times, and I went through the final 214 and then overtime, I mean, if you're a Colts fan, you had to think you were going to win or lose that game four times, three times, uh, in the final two minutes, Uh, and we can get into particulars of of a couple bad possessions of the Ravens uh, fair catching the ball and not letting that go under two minutes, that 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 created a free play, essentially, for that Colts defense. We can go through that. Obviously, you lead with Matt Gay, but the but the gritty nature of this team. Uh, and then on top of it, I, I think if you're a Colts fan today, you should be excited about your coaching staff. Uh, you should be excited about Shane Steichen. I, I, re- I really think you should. And then, you know, I, I tweeted this out last night. I know that Jonathan Gannon in Arizona has has been a punching bag because of his awkward pregame speeches and everything else. Arizona beats up I mean they beat up the Cowboys. They should have won week one. They could have won they should have beat the Giants week two. I mean you just look at the assistance coming from the Eagles. Both of those guys can coach um, and Steichen was fantastic yesterday. Uh, I mean I mean I just if you're a Colts fan you thought the Tucker kick was going in right? From 61? Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right yeah. down the middle. I mean you thought that was going in. Um, just a wave of emotions but playing turnover free football and that defensive front has been so damn solid for this team through three weeks. Let me go back to Syke and Andy. Even in-game. In-game, I've been very impressed. I love the little like timeout thing he's now done a couple weeks in a row where he throws his offense back out there, creates chaos, boom, Baltimore's kind of screaming. And I love Tarball's like, okay, we'll trot someone out. We'll have a 300-pounder run slow as hell. Like, <laughs> those are little things. Right. Watch Notre Dame Saturday night. Watch the Colts and Ravens. You don't think timeouts matter? You don't think clock management matters? I'll take it a step further with Steichen. The A word, Andy. We talked about the A word a whole lot last season. We've talked about it a lot in the Frank Reich era. We talked about it when Jeff Saturday took over. Where is the accountability on West 56th Street? I think it's been lacking in the last half dozen years or so. And whether it's an outright benching Mm -hmm. and then a cutting of Deion Jackson or an outright benching that we saw yesterday of Daryl Baker Jr., he has sent an early message to his locker room of, Subpar play means you get splinters. You're going to sit on the bench. And again, in Deion Jackson's case, he's cut. Daryl Baker Jr. goes from pretty much playing 80-90% of the snaps to healthy scratch. And Juju Brents gets an opportunity. And how I think that rookie was the difference maker early on. It's one of the plays of the game, absolutely. In that game. And again, he's going to join us coming up here at 9.30. So... I, I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment of, you know, what Shane Steichen's done with Anthony Richardson, I think should have you feeling good. But I also think we see a coach in game doing some things that I like. They might not show up as the plays of the game, but they're just little things that I think is the right process to have. And then the accountability he sent very early in the season with benching a couple of, you know, guys that obviously played some big, big roles. So 
Um, I think Colts fans should certainly feel pretty good about that. And listen, I can understand uh, Colts fans main. Hey, listen, you, you win a game, everyone can get happy. There's the small picture of winning the game, what it could mean for the season, and there's the big picture. Uh, and I know it's easy to do, and we have done it, and I have done it, and you guys are right. Uh, but Chris Ballard did go out this offseason, and he did get Matt Gay. Yep. And I remember, KB, you will not remember this, but it was after that, uh, was it the, <laughs> it was after the first preseason game, you remember that's when we started together. And I think the first phone call we took, it was an ang- well, us together, was an angry fan on why they paid Matt Gay all the money in the offseason just to see him stinking up in the preseason. Uh, and so Matt Gay goes out there. Gardner Minshew did not lose you the game, and he made plays to help win you the game. Uh, and I, I just those little things. And then the move, I mean, Moss has been fantastic as well. I mean, he's, 30 he's, carries he's yesterday. doing all of the things that, you know, Deion Jackson had a chance to do these things, and Zach Moss comes in and has the, a career game. How about the touchdown catch by Moss? I mean, not a third down guy at all. On a third down, he makes that play early on. Again, when there were some shaky moments, certainly early in that game. But let's go back to the Matt Gay signing. And I really did not have an issue with it at the time, with the caveat, Andy, of this can't impact everybody else. Activity right, elsewhere. Right. Like, it, it can't restrict you from making other moves. But at the end of the day, the Colts kicker position has not been a strength, and particularly long-distance field goals. Again, they attempted field goals yesterday outdoors that they would have never thought about in recent years. And if you look at Matt Gay, the thought process there is, okay, maybe in 2023, he's not making big field We'll see how the season plays out. Right now, when you're in first place in the AFC South, you could have that. But when you get to 2024, 25, 26 you're hoping that you have a guy in the fourth quarter in December and January that can make big-time kicks. He's kicked in the Super Bowl, things like Mm -hmm. that. And I I think Colts fans realize this. It is just incredibly rare, dating back to Adam Vinatieri's final few years, to have a guy that from 53-54, you literally feel like it was a layup. And I, I almost felt that late yesterday in that game, I thought there was no way he'd miss at the end of regulation. So did Jay, uh, Jay Feely, because he's the kicker. Yeah, when, oh yeah. Those, when those were going up, he's like, he he piked it? Is that what he would say? I think he said, he piked it. Perfect game for <laughs> Jay Feely to be in the booth, right? <laughs> it really was. So, we'll get your reaction coming up at 7.30. I want to take some calls. Uh, what did you, are you watching with buddies? What did you think? How many times did you think you won, lost the game with about two minutes to go? That defense, Shane Steichen, uh, Zach Moss, the big Pittman catch, the helmet comes off. He's all jacked up. I mean, just an absolute all-team effort from the Colts. 239-1070. We'll get to those here in about 15 minutes. Again, what, a, what a great win, though. Jew, Jew Brents, the rookie from Warren Central High School, his NFL debut yesterday. He joins us coming up at 930. Do we have to get to Notre Dame at some point? Yeah, I mean, it was a big weekend of college mm-hmm. football. What a great weekend of football. I mean, I mean, you know, aside from your debacle. That's how you define great. Uh, uh, boy, they couldn't get uh, your boy Sam Hartman. They couldn't get the cameras off him, could they? Every every tear coming out of his eye and everything else. Ugh, I'm sorry. I'm sure Ohio State I'm appreciates sorry. the 10-man uh, effort on that final play. <laughs> and, and then and then your boy. The Holy Spirit was the 11th man and there, then, Mark. Touchdown <laughs> Jesus was lining <laughs> up a defensive then, end there. Lou Holtz. Ryan Day calling out Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was the defensive end. <laughs> Ryan Day snap. calling out Lou Holtz like it's a UFC match. Left my voice in South Bend. Good Monday morning to you, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton. It is the wake-up call and a victory Monday for the Colts. 93.5, 107.5, the fam. Yeah, that's what it...
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sounded like on the fan on Sunday, Colts winners 22-19 over the Ravens, and we're reacting. Uh, we'll keep taking your calls this morning, 317-239-1070. Juju Brent's going to join us coming up at 9.30. I know both of us here want to get back into KB, a little Shane Steichen talk, but you mentioned it, and I was going to bring it up at 8 o'clock if we didn't get to it to, uh, before, and that is, and I love this stuff. I, I want to be clear, and it's great for us, and it's shameless. It's shameless promotion for us, but Mo Ali Cox retweeting the fan <laughs> from over the weekend and our predictions. Uh, everybody, a clean sweep, all ten gas bags <laughs> here at the fan picking <laughs> picking the Baltimore Ravens to win. See, you had twenty four sixteen, I had twenty seven seventeen. Yeah. Um, what did Mark have? Thirty. Oh, Mark had a thirty mm-hmm. spot. Yep. He had thirty to seventeen. Uh, Poor Jimmy Cook had 34-20. I mean, nobody was close. If I, if so I, Max Bowen is smarter than Ma- all of us, Ma- right? Well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. He absolutely The bar wasn't is. very high to begin yeah. with. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. If, if I would have known that everyone, you know, it's like when they do the college game day or NFL predictions. Right. If I had known that it was a clean sweep, maybe... Would I have been the one that flipped to the Colts just to just to be different in the percentage chances that the Colts won the game? And then, of course, they went out and they won the damn game. Well, I feel like, Mark, this happened last year with the Chiefs, right? Chiefs-Colts yeah. game? Oh, of course. Of course and, it did. I think some Colts player did the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. re, retweeted that. <laughs> I gave Mo, who I like a lot, I gave Mo the Homer Simpson uh, gif, you know, coming out of the bushes, going back into the oh, bushes. Oh, yes. I didn't, see, I didn't see that. That's what I gave Who him. was it last year? Do you guys remember which player? did it last year do you remember mark was it kenny moore i don't remember i would have guessed some like <laughs> tight end or db those ones seem to be on the social so, media train a little bit yeah, more but so mo alley cox isn't he's not following us someone sends that to right, him right, right he's got right, a family right. member he's got a buddy who's well, watching what we're doing here i would imagine and i think the colts official account did the nfl network crew They all picked, and Arizona did the NFL Network crew, which I do have to laugh a few times when you, and this is like the Ryan Day comment. We don't listen to the noise. Oh, God. We ignore all the noise. The biggest lie that coaches We don't listen to the noise unless we prove people wrong, and then we address the noise, right? You guys know, whether it be professionals or especially in colleges, uh, if you're following college football, college basketball, all they do is listen to the noise. We don't listen to the noise. No, it's literally all you do. Literally. (laughs) No, it it really is. Enough where Mo Cox is posting Jimmy Cook's pick of 3017 or whatever it was. (laughs) To be fair, I mean... Anthony Richardson's out. You're going to Baltimore. The the oh, it's like elements name, are not very yeah. kind. You don't know what you're getting. 
They changed our mind. You're, you're That's getting, fine. You're I'll getting, wear it. You're getting grit. That's what you're getting. I'll wear it. I don't care. Brought this up a little bit earlier, and Andy, it was one of the five things I wrote about after the win, and I don't know if it directly relates to the 60 minutes of football, but the guy that is the new man inside that building this year, Shane Steichen, and I think a question we had about Steichen when he took the job is, all right, we know the quarterback background. That speaks for itself. They're going to make a quarterback selection. Number four overall, that's going to be his biggest calling card. But the Colts' issues last season were more than just a quarterback. And how would Shane Steichen react to, for the first time in his career, being a head football coach? And some people were asking, is he more Frank Reich? Is he more Nick Sirianni? Who is he? He's more Sirianni with the emotion. I think you see it on the mm-hmm. sideline. Um, but I think from a communication standpoint, Guys gravitate towards the direct, concise communicator. When he talks, he sounds smart. He doesn't talk very long, but you feel confidence jolt, I think, when you hear him in front of media sessions. I would think that would be even more apparent behind closed doors. But it's the accountability, Andy. And Deion Jackson starts the year as a running back. It's one of the worst games you'll ever see. Benched in week two, doesn't play a single offensive snap, gets cut on Saturday. Daryl Baker Jr. has a poor game in Houston. I didn't. I was not one last week, Andy, that thought he should be outright benched. You know, I thought, okay, it's one game. He's an undrafted guy from last year. You know, Juju Brents has missed all this time. No, we talked Juju Brents playing a little bit more. That that's how we talked about it. We didn't talk about a benching to Baker. No, I thought, okay, maybe Juju dresses this week, and yeah. then maybe the Rams game or something else. What do they do? They just flat out bench Daryl Baker Jr. I mean, he goes from a starter in your nickel package to a healthy scratch on yesterday. This these are little accountability moments your locker room is gonna notice full well. They're gonna see it. They're going to feel it, and you don't necessarily have to say it with your words. Your actions are speaking enough in that if you have subpar performances, there will be consequences. Now, to be fair, Deion Jackson's an undrafted kid. Daryl Baker Jr. is an undrafted guy. This isn't Braden Smith having four false start penalties in a game, and you're just benching him. So it's not whatever. You aren't you know benching these high-profile stars, but you're benching guys that have starting roles, and it's, I would say, a breath of fresh air. And it's a little bit more public accountability than we've seen in years past here. And whether it's the in-game management, Andy, of what I love him sprinkling in a couple, hey, you better take a timeout. We might run a play here. It's what he's done with Richardson early on. I think there are a lot of reasons Colts fans should have optimism about Shane Steichen as their head football coach. I think if you were to rate right now, given that Anthony Richardson left the Texans game, did not play. Now, they said during the broadcast he did not clear protocol, right? So he begins this week still uncleared. That's what they said, at least, as of Sunday morning. Right. Well, there are five steps to it. So he didn't clear all five. He didn't, yeah, he didn't clear all he, he five. He could have cleared some of the but five we think, steps. But we think he'll be back. But the point is, and you know, you harped on it, I harped on it, this entire season was about Anthony Richardson, right? Right. And so you haven't got that if you're a Colts fan. Yeah, that, that, I mean, and that's the biggest bummer yeah, from well, yesterday. Th- that's the biggest bummer. But you know, we're not sitting here talking about AR. My point is that through all of this, The number one thing, if you're a Colts fan today and you wake up on this victorious Monday on the fan, is the coaching staff is Shane Steichen. They are organized. They are prepared. 
and they they are taking uh, players that not a lot of people know, right? I mean, let's just be honest. They're not taking a group of superstars, and they're they're getting the most out of them. Don't you feel that way? A guy like Zach Moss, you're getting the most out of Zach Moss. You're getting the most out of Gardner Minshew. And I think that is something that not all coaching staffs do. He kept Gus Bradley. How's that defense plan this year? Uh, he didn't have to keep him. He could have went somewhere else. There's 9 million defensive coordinators. He could have brought someone from Philly. He could have brought someone else who uh, who he who he had a great relationship with. Uh, but them being prepared, him being an excellent play caller, them being, you know, uh, you know, coaching-wise ahead of the curve, not not, you know, you go into some of these matchups, I'm not feeling like the Colts are just so undermanned uh, at the at the coaching spot and it's because he's not the you know the Dan Campbell rah rah. He's not the he's not going to give you a quote. He's never going to. I mean, is he going to say anything this season? We're like, damn, I can't believe Steichen said that. I mean, he hasn't thus far. No <laughs> preseason, yeah. the first three weeks of the of the year, you saw some of the emotion uh, after the game, and I I think his message, and it's clear, they're two and one. They win at Baltimore on Sunday is resonating, and now you have you have this capsule uh, of of an organized team of a team now that has seen a couple wins of them saying, okay, this guy, you know, players know when a guy knows what he's doing, right? The, the players say, okay, this guy gets it. He knows what he's doing. But if I'm a Colts fan today, given that you've went, you know, the first uh, or the last two weeks basically without Anthony Richardson, to me, I am as excited about Steichen and the staff as, like, to me, that's number one on my list of things that, like, get me ready that, hey, we go win this game. We can be 3-1. and one. We can be right there at the end in the AFC South. Why not? And again, Andy, mixture of accountability and then the in-game management. And that was a question that I had because he is calling plays and he's the head football coach. That is a lot on your plate on Sunday afternoons. And a reason why I think the Ravens have had a very impressive run under John Harbaugh, why the Steelers have had such a consistent run under Mike Tomlin, obviously the Patriots with Belichick. All three of those guys, Andy, they are the CEO on game day. They They don't have any game day play calling responsibilities, but yet when those moments arise on game days where you have to make the split second moves, any side of the ball... More often than not, those three teams have made them over the last decade, 15 years. Well, what did you see yesterday? You saw the play caller head coach outmanage the manager in Harbaugh. You know, it, it, it's little things, but they can be pivotal moments of, hey, you got to take a timeout right now because I'm running my offense back out there. It's little threats like that to where the Colts win a little bit there. And then what happens late in the game? Baltimore gets a golden chance off the safety to kick the ball deep like Rigo did. If Zay Flowers runs around for three seconds and falls down... All he has to do. The game isn't over, but there is a very difficult chance the Colts drive 50 yards with a minute to go and no timeouts and get into field goal range. I don't know if the Colts offense had that in them. If you tackle them in bounds a couple times, the game's probably over. And in that moment... Harbaugh and that Baltimore staff lost track of time being put back on the clock. So when the onside kick, which ended up being a you know an actual punt by Rigo, when it was actually kicked, there was two o three left on the clock. They take a fair catch, and that's forty seconds the Colts get back. 
it, it's those little moments that there's just so much of that in the NFL. I know it sounds really like coaching nerdy, but that's the stuff that separates you from going, you know, nine and eight to six and ten. You know, things like that over the course of a season. So uh, Shane Sykin again, brilliant with the accountability, in my opinion. And I've really liked what he's done in games. So now, I can't remember. Back with two minutes to go, did the Ravens have a timeout there? I need to go back and watch that during yes. the, the timeout mm-hmm. because they should have. Could they have call, yep. they could have called a timeout because I think there's two things, KB. They didn't understand. Number one, that there were two that there was two o three on the clock. And if you're Zay Flowers and you're a rookie back there, yes, he he had room to catch the ball and run around for a couple seconds. But also, it's not a normal punt. He's seen the ball being punted. The clock does not start. Because it's a kickoff. Baltimore had three timeouts. They had three timeouts. See, that's yeah. that's the biggest problem. Like Zay Flowers should have done things differently, but he was told probably to just go ahead and fair catch it. We're not going to do anything exotic here because there's under two minutes to go. We can go ahead and waste a couple plays and basically waste the game away. That's on Harbaugh. They had three timeouts. That's and Harbaugh's a damn good coach. I right, mean, I think he's right. a top three or four coach in the league. But no, Steichen was better yesterday. And there's there's. I would say there's three to four games all season long, Andy, that's like yesterday. Which teams are wilting down the stretch? Mistakes galore. Stepping out of the end zone. Dumb penalties. um, You know, fielding a punt when you shouldn't field it. A fair catch on that, um, you know, on that onside punt. Who makes the less mistakes? I mean that—that's what the feel was, and that can be what it's like, especially in an outdoor, you know, ugly weather game. You know, injuries galore on both sides of the ball, and the Colts made less than the Ravens. Um, should we get to our goats from the weekend? Yeah, then we can take some calls, but let's do our goats. Yeah, I got no problem with it. I'm struggling on who I want. I know who you want. I know who you want. So we're doing that then? Yeah, let's Juju go Brents in an hour, by want. the way. Let's do our goats of the week, and uh, I, I cannot wait to share my uh, lowercase letter goat. Who is the goat? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the goat! The goat! Or goat. This guy sucks. Of the week. It's a victory Monday. We have to start full uppercase goats. So that would be the greatest of all time. Uh, Sorry, guys. I'm stealing the obvious one. How do you not go with the performance by Matt Gay yesterday? Again, four field goals from at least 53 yards. Tried to paint the picture for you guys earlier. It's not just... Oh, there it Excuse is. Me. That's the first time you it really caught you. Do you need more of your spray? Again, KB struggling. He had a big Saturday, a big Sunday. Uh, you know, this is now you have to talk to your family though. Tell the tell Should the I wife go spray. Yeah, go give us a. There we go. Oh, I'm a new man. <laughs> yeah. Painted the picture earlier. It's sure? not just the four field goals by Matt Gay. It is the outdoor elements. It's. All four coming in the second half, the fourth quarter overtime. All four down the middle, doing it opposite Justin Tucker. If you miss one of those, you come home as a loser. Matt Gay, one of the greatest, I would argue, not that you know I have studied kicker history, I'd argue it's the greatest regular season game kickers ever had. But you took the easy one. Mark, do you want to go next? I know who mine is. Sure. I even got sound to accompany mine. Uh, mine would be 
The Miami Dolphins offense. Oh, my God. My God. 70 points. I've never seen 70 points in an NFL game in my life. Over 700 yards of offense. Tua's <laughs> slinging it all over the field. Sean Payton looks lost and confused and wishes he was back in the broadcast booth. Mike McDaniel looking like the early coach of the year so far. He is outstanding. Miami Dolphins hanging 70 on the Denver 70. Broncos. That is my goat of the week. You know McDaniel. I'm like no, and Jalen Waddell didn't even play. He didn't even. Yeah, yeah. Well, the top, you know, what, 10, 10 12 wide receivers in the entire NFL. Ah, it's okay. You take 70. a week off. Take Guys, a, take a week off. NFL. 70. Dude, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes and and then you know two was out of the game. What was it, mid third quarter? Well, and they scored. They're in like they had like sixty points, and there's still nine minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. I'm like, we might see an all time record here. <laughs> he, he, he could have kicked a field goal there yeah. late. He could mm-hmm. have to go yeah. to go yeah. for that. For that record. He was a ball boy, by the way, for the Broncos back in the day. So everyone's like, you got beat by your ball boy? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, okay, my go to the week. Do you, does anyone in this room? He is the most uh, anonymous coach in the country. Do you know who Dan Lanning is? Does anyone know who Dan Lanning is? You just kicked Dion's ass, yes, right? Yes, he, he is the Oregon coach. ESPN put a little bit of his pump-up speech. Here's what it sounded like before his team in Oregon annihilated Dion. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass. Right? It's gonna be played on the grass. Let's go! Figured you would like that. that Not played great. in Hollywood. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's my uh, uppercase goat of the week. And I had, oh, I should have had this ready. Did you see how bad it was for the, for the state of, uh, for, for I guess, all of uh, Colorado? Between Colorado and the Denver Broncos. Oh, I ought to find that. Dude, that, I mean, they lost. It was like it was 120 to, to what, 6, yeah, right, whatever it was. It was unbelievable over the weekend. All right. Uh, the lowercase oh, goat of should the we weekend. leave the room? So you can oh vent. My God, I mean, this is why I sound like this. Um, you yelled that much during I, the game. I, yeah, and what, are, the, what do the kids do? There were moments where I was like, "Come on, Kevin, grow up." But <laughs> I like Marcus Freeman a lot. I think he's done a lot of good yeah. for Notre Dame's program. I think he will continue to do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mince words. That was the worst coaching mistake I have ever seen. And, and what I am confused by. The decision to only have 10 men on the field twice, one following a timeout, the other time followed an Ohio State substitution. We saw it yesterday in the Colts-Ravens game. If somebody subs, you can sub. So they still don't sub after Ohio State gets a new running back on the field. His explanation for it afterwards, guys, oh my God. Yeah, I saw it. Not good. That might have been worse than the actual decision saying he didn't want to get a penalty by substituting a guy, like whatever, I don't know, maybe somebody would have jumped off sides on purpose to institute a stoppage of play, and then you run that 11th guy out there. So you're telling me you would rather have 10 dudes defending one yard than 11 dudes defending 18 inches? Not to mention the 11th dude, Andy. It's not a DB. <laughs> it's a defensive lineman. It's a 250-pound defensive end. Yeah. I, I just, you're inside the one. It's, it, the ball's at the one-yard line. he's a defensive-minded head coach. I know. Your I, defensive coordinator, Al Golden, just coached in the Super Bowl. Your defensive line coach, Al Washington, former Ohio State assistant, is on the sidelines right there. 
Yeah, but people make fun of Al Golden. <laughs> I don't know if Al Golden's working to your favor. This is my face right now. <laughs> Look at his face right now. I just are the kids. Asleep? I mean, the kids are asleep though at this point. They're asleep almost at the very beginning of the game. Marcus Freeman was asleep. Did the it? wife say you're going to wake the kids up? No, we were there. We were there. Yeah. I, this is why I was yelling. In the moment, yelling at James Laurinaitis, I feel like I'm getting a second wind with my voice after <laughs> are, these sprays. You are getting a second wind. I mean, I, yelling at James a drive Laurinaitis. with third and 19, <laughs> a drive with fourth and seven, it is one of the dumbest coaching, it is the dumbest, now, I, I'm not even going to go with a caveat, it is the dumbest coaching decision I've ever seen, and the explanation from after it was even dumber. Twice. Two plays in a row. Well, Shane Steichen would not have made that. We we just we just talked about Shane Steichen being you know being a smart coach and, and this and that and being organized and being prepared and in game coaching and kind of knowing the rules and what's going on. You saw the opposite of that on Saturday night. The dumbest coaching decision I've ever seen. It, oh, I might be able to top you there. <laughs> is that hyperbole? I, I, Two I, plays in a row, guys. I, I feel like one I'm after time I'm being put on the spot. I know there's a lot of dumb calls, but I mean Freeman. No, no, no it was nope. it was bad. No, nope. it was bad. Not in that moment. Notre Dame football, this is why you won't get to that tier one. Can I do my bad? Because this kind of tails off your, your coaching decision. I don't know uh, if I was done, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, last night's Sunday night game was Steelers-Raiders. Uh, the Raiders were down eight points with about two and a half minutes left. And Josh McDaniels trots out his kicker <laughs> to kick a 26-yard field goal. Again, down eight points. So he cuts the lead. The, the Steelers lead to five. Raiders end up losing that game after the game. Hey, why did you kick that 26-yard field goal when you're down eight points? Josh McDaniels responds, quote, we needed multiple possessions. Does anybody want to tell Josh McDaniels <laughs> that it is, in fact, possible to get eight points in one possession in an oh, NFL man. game? So they lost that game. So we have counting <laughs> issues in South Bend and in Vegas. Yeah, so he thought he needed multiple possessions to tie the game with the Steelers. So they lost 23 to 18. Josh McDaniels continues to be a chode. <laughs> oh man, how am I going to top that? I'm not calling Marcus Freeman a chode because he looks like he could throw me, you know, from here to South Bend, but is that the reason uh, Mark called him a chode is he thinks he can beat Josh McDaniels up and you're scared of it? That's I, I why would, you're not you wouldn't I do would, the same to Freeman? I would take Mark Dykton against Josh McDaniels. <laughs> well Josh McDaniels ain't loved in this town, I can tell you that. Well, I, yeah, well, yeah, good point. Uh all right, so he, this my thinking, I was gonna go with Sean Payton. And then I thought, well, who really cares? We've harped enough on how bad Denver was. And then I was gonna go to Dabo Sweeney. Uh losing uh and I love when Dabo stinks it up and I said let me leave Dabo alone I settled with Apple Music as my lowercase go to the week you know why because they announced and they were instrumental on Usher being the halftime act Something for the Super Bowl. Something that KB, I don't, we don't have to do this as a segment because I kind of glaze over when national, you know, when national radio goes to tell us who you want to be on the Super Bowl halftime show. Ultimately, I don't care. I'll be drinking, I'll be eating, I'll be gambling, I'll be live betting, I'll be doing everything. I'll be having my party, okay? But Usher as a Super Bowl halftime moves the needle zero for Andy Sweeney. Zero. I, I mean, I, I know they, 
they, they, but the NFL doesn't care about Andy Sweeney because you're going to watch. I mean, I, they care I about Matty Bowen being happy Listen, that it's Usher. I mean, does she like Usher? Really? Yeah. I mean, Usher hasn't done anything in 15 years, has he? Yeah, but isn't that what you're looking for? How many weddings have you gone to? Yaz playing every single time. <laughs> Aren't you just looking for the... Oh, come on. You guys aren't pivoting against me here, right? Oh, I, I think the Super Bowl acts lately, it's been very smart. They aren't trying to track the football crazy dude that's got three screens up. You're going to watch the game. Well, that's why I thought the obvious was uh, tra- uh, Travis Kelsey's new, oh, new girl, well, Taylor t- Swift. Well, I'm that so seemed... tired of seeing this, too. Well, you need to calm down over there. Oh, my but, God. But is that a we conflict of interest? I don't think so. But it, wouldn't, wouldn't you think to maximize your ratings and interest, you would get the Swifties on the halftime show? Those ratings would be booming. Yeah, but they went Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick well, Lamar. halftime show rock. Yeah, yeah uh, yes, thank you. With 50 Cent upside down. I mean, Rihanna, I didn't care about, but I like Rihanna yeah, but again, tenfold uh, yes. over Usher. I just don't care about Whoa. Usher at but all. But they're not going for I know. Andy Sweeney's musical interest. I'd rather have Creed. They're not playing Limp Biscuit at half. No, Creed I, over I, Usher. A thousand times. I, I bet every guy in his car right now or truck being a man driving to work thinking, I'd rather they, I'd rather have Creed than Usher. They Get the females in there. <laughs> Is he is he a heartthrob still? Is Usher still a heartthrob? Oh, my sister in law loves him. Okay, <laughs> I sent her the text. She was very excited. Okay, Justin wants to put Chuck Pagano's fake punt decision as the worst coaching moment ever. Uh, n- no, not when you consider the moment. The moment of the game, it happening on back to back plays, it happening in your own stadium after a timeout, after Ohio State subs, and the fact Andy is but Freeman didn't know the rules. That's the that's the point. Well. He knew they had 10 out there, and he still did yeah. it. Like, but, but he also didn't know the rule there either. He, bo- he both. Does. Yeah, and that, that's that's the killer. It's not just, oh, it's a fake punt and you like, make a bad who decision. Who cares about a penalty there? Yeah. It's on the one-yard line. If I were his SID, I would have gone up to him and said, <laughs> dude, before you get in front of that podium, just lie and say, yeah, I lie. didn't know we had 10 on the field. Someone just informed me of that. That's an awful mistake. I take full responsibility. If he would have said that, I would have slept maybe an extra half hour longer than I did. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at some of these. The Black Eyed Peas, Madonna. Yeah, I just Usher doesn't do it for me. I know nobody cares anyway. My guess mine could be Dabo then. I loved him losing. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Been a fun show reacting with you this morning. Colts winners 22-19 in overtime in Baltimore. Obviously, we'll continue talking about that the rest of the morning and into tomorrow. Week 3 of the NFL season concluding tonight. Two games uh, on Monday Night Football. Well, excited to bring on Juju Brents. Uh, we, we talked a lot about him. Hey, let's get this man some playing time. And he came in and immediately uh, made his voice heard the big strip. We saw the nice play against Mark Andrews as well in the third quarter. In all, the Colts winners and Juju Brent's a big part of that. Juju, good morning. How are you, man? How's it going? <laughs> Great morning, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, on a little higher right now still from last night, but uh, it was a good win for us. Well, I can imagine. What's the locker room and what's the plane ride home getting a big win like that? I imagine it's got to be fun. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I uh, definitely enjoyed that win. Uh, tried to get some sleep last night, but it was a little tough. Just adrenaline still rushing after a game like that. But, uh, yeah, the expectation uh, for us to go down there was to win. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a fluke for us or anything like that. We had that mentality the whole way throughout the week, and uh, it was great to end it that way. Juju, thanks for the time. Walk us through the strip and the recovery. I, I thought it was the play of the game, probably non-Matt Gay related. I mean, at that point, you guys were, you know, certainly have been hitting the mouth a little bit with how Baltimore had started that game. What did you see when Kenyon Drake got past you? And then walk us through the uh, fumble recovery. Absolutely, yeah. That just um, just strain, just effort. You know, things you can't coach. Uh, but that is something that we work on consistently throughout the week. You know, just raking at the ball, um, just being aggressive at the point of attack, just trying to do whatever we can to get the balls back in the hands of our offense. So, just at that point, man, just seeing opportunities, they're going at the ball, and uh, man, just making a play on it and uh, just capitalizing. Over the first two weeks of the season like for you particularly Sundays when you weren't dressing here early in the year yeah I mean you know it was, it was a little tough for me just you know being a competitor you know I want to be out there but uh just knowing that it was something that's gonna be temporary and when my time did come just making sure that I was fully ready so uh, just during those first weeks that I knew I wasn't going to be up just still preparing like I was going to be out there just having the same mentality um, just knowing that that time would come and then uh, just evidence of yesterday, just making sure when my number got called, just I was fully ready uh, to go out there and perform and uh, not let my teammates, my coaches, anybody in this in this organization now. Again, Juju Brents with a second-round pick out of Warren Central High School. Not often we mention the high school before the colleges, but you got to with the local product. Um, was it, I guess, conversations with either Ron Miles, your DB coach, or even Gus Bradley, what were those conversations like and what was maybe holding you back from playing in week one or week two? Um, you know, just I had some some um, preseason and uh, just offseason little knick-knack injuries here and there that were just kind of hindering me. Uh, so just making sure that I was fully ready. Uh, so definitely uh, getting those injuries all the way together and then just getting caught up to speed. You know, the main thing, the difference is with the NFL is just the, the mental aspect of, you know, just picking up on things fast and split-second decisions. So um, just making sure that I was fully ready. And then once, you know, Coach gave me the green light to go out there and perform, just let it all loose. And then at that point, they just told me to go out there and have fun, man. In the day, football is football, so just go out there and just let it loose. Juju Brents with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the Fan Reaction Monday. The Colts get the win. We'll eventually switch to the Rams, but right now, as you said, it's basking, uh, still having that high from yesterday in the big win. Matt Gay, after the game, was very humble. Was he humble in the locker room? He was one of the players of the game. I want a cocky kicker, but he was a he was a humble kicker. Was he? humble in the locker room? Definitely, man. Cool, calm, collected, man. Hey, shout out to Matt Gay. That was insane. Insane. Uh, you know, just great dude and uh, even better player, man. So just very excited for uh, for him and just the team, man, to continue to keep building off at this point. Were you were you, like that. Yeah, were you watching, how, how closely were you watching when, uh, when Justin Tucker has the 61-yard field goal, and it was short, but it was just short, and it was, that was right, it was straight. It was straight as an arrow. Uh, you were watching that. What were you thinking in those seconds where it looked like that was going to go through. I couldn't lie to you. I couldn't watch it. I was just waiting on the reaction for the fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of down. It's like, all right, once I see that he missed a lot, we got a shot at this. I was like, we go win this game. So I'm glad it turned out in our favor. It's the NFL debut for Juju Juju Brents yesterday. Four tackles, a forced fumble. Again, we talked about the fumble recovery. Man, I thought you laid the wood with those tackles too. Uh, is that something that you've kind of been, always been known for as a pretty physical corner? You know, sometimes at that position, you get guys a little timid. Uh, certainly not an attribute of yourself. Absolutely. You know, I like to 
make sure guys feel me, you know, especially on the on the outside. Just feel my presence, letting me know. Uh, one of my coaches in, in college and high school, it's crazy. Both of them say, man, just run through the smoke, and I'm definitely a guy where I do. Uh, man, I know it's going to be on the other side of it, man, but just being aggressive at the point of attack. So definitely in the pass game, being aggressive, but also in the run game, I definitely uh, make sure I want to let my, my presence be felt in that in that aspect of my game as well. Run through the smoke, Andy. I might, I, like I might make that sign for Max Bowen and have him slap that on the way out of the nursery every <laughs> every morning. Juju, when did you get word that you'd be playing such a significant role yesterday? Yeah, it was kind of put in the air earlier on throughout the week. Uh, it wasn't set in stone. So, like I said, like the previous weeks, I was still preparing the same way. And this week, I attacked it the same way. And uh, kind of just hearing a little bit here and there that I may be up. So, um, just make sure that I was going to be ready, like I said earlier. But, uh, man, I'm just, you know, appreciate my coaches just trusting me to go out there and uh, perform. And, uh, man, it's a great game. It seems as if you guys have fully bought in to Coach Steichen. And, uh, I mean, you know, you saw him. He was pumped up after the win and everything else. We get a more calculated in the media. You know, by the time he gets to the press conferences, he's a lot more calculated. What kind of locker room guy is he? I assume you guys have fully bought in. Uh, what is it? What, what, are, what sorts of things? What kind of culture has he brought in just a few weeks on the job? It's been great, man. It's just high energy. Uh, I would say Miami is consistent. He's a competitor, too. I love the way he competes. His mentality, man. Uh, kind of mess with the opposing teams. You know, taking some time out away from him. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> love to see that. But, uh, man, yeah, definitely uh, just the way he attacks every day. Uh, just puts him in the, in the right mind frame. Uh, just by having the aggressive week, man, it makes the game a lot easier. So just being real intentional with the work we put in on the field, um, doing practice, and then just going to let it all loose on, on Sundays. Juju, I know we had you on in camp, so I apologize if I asked this to you back a little over a month ago. Is there any significance to number 29? Uh, none in particular. Uh, it was kind of one of those that was just available, for me, available to me. Because you were a big Bob Sanders guy growing up, right? Yeah, that would have been dope if I would have got that, but hey. <laughs> Not too late. We'll see. Maybe eventually end up happening. <laughs> who is the uh, veteran? Obviously not a ton of vets in your room, but who, who's the veteran you point to? Maybe it's someone not even in your room that mm-hmm. you would point to as um, who you've learned the most from so far in your NFL career. Mm, it's, it, we actually do have a lot of vets who I could say I have learned from, just little pieces. Um, like, shoot, Quentin Nelson on the opposite side of the ball. Just the way he takes care of his body throughout the week. He's a guy I pee back off of. No, definitely just like mentality, like defensive scheme-wise and just the small little details within the game. Kenny Moore and uh, like Julian Blackman, those guys for sure. Even like Tony Brown. Uh, we got a lot of guys who are in our back end who have some experience and we are young, but like those three guys for sure, I pick it back off of them a lot. Um, just keys within the game, things they may be seeing that I could learn and apply to my game as well. And, uh, man, I know they say we young, man. We got some ballers in our room for sure. Is Tony Brown the loudest guy in your locker room? 100%. 100%. (laughs) You guys, anybody on the team, I think they all would attest to that answer for sure. I was going to ask who's second on that list. If Tony Brown's easily first, who's second? Are you second? I don't even know. I don't think second really matters. Like, it's no getting close to TB. (laughs) Understandable. Juju Brent's with us here, uh, hanging out with you on the fan. He's on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Before we get you out of here, we had some – listen, I love this. We had some fun with it. Here on the radio, we have to give predictions – in all 10 uh, radio gas bags, Juju, we all picked Baltimore uh-huh. to yep. win the game. And Mo Alley, Co- <laughs> Mo Alley Cox made fun of us and retweeted us Sunday night. So I don't know if there's a question there, but yeah, 
Yeah, but just know that Mo Alley Cox got his revenge on all of us here on Sunday. I wish I, I would have seen the tweet. I would have gave you a little quote as well. Yeah, especially with a local guy. That's not going to go over too, too well. Yeah. Uh, Juju, again, a hell of a debut, man. I, I go back to the play you made against Kenyon Drake and thinking that thing uh, could have been what really turned it around and, and you know created such a competitive game and obviously a tremendous finish for you guys. So congrats on that. Enjoy the home opener, I guess home debut, I should say, for you coming up on Sunday. And uh, we'll hopefully chat with you down the road. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.